Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. In the studio with me, I have Jennifer Gessie Oric from Ivy Tech. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. So you have a pretty long title. Yes, I'm the Vice Chancellor of Workforce and Partnerships and Strategic Communications at the Muncie Henry County campus of Ivy Tech Community College. Man, that is a mouthful. It is. There's a lot there. So tell me about that. What do you do at Ivy Tech? What do I do? Well, currently, I work with workforce to help them train up their current employees. So if they decide they need to get some extra skills to go back to college, or even to get some skills that are maybe non-academic called skills training, um, I help them get those employees where they need to be so that they can be long-term employees. We know that employers that help their employees with their education will remain with their employers. So it's a nice retention tool for tuition assistance programs and stuff like that. So that's one area. Another area is I work with them to get academic programs. So we have a company that comes in on Friday, pays their employees to get some tra- on-the-job training um, with along with skills training, but they actually go through an associate's program And they finish in two years, and then they got their industrial maintenance degree, and they pull folks off the line, and they come all day Friday. And hopefully, by the end of their two years, they'll get a promotion and and work their way up through that company. So those are some things we do, and I love doing it. But I also like the fact that if there's something someone can dream up, we can try to make it happen. And if we can't make it happen, we'll tell you who can. So we'll give you those resources as well. Very good. Now, where does this happen? Meaning, I know there is the Ivy Tech Fisher Building, downtown Muncie. There is the Glass Building, which I'm not even sure what name. What, what, George what? and Francis Ball Building. Okay, I should know that, but no. <laughs> but there's, <laughs> there's that one. And then you have other places. So tell me about them. We have the Manufacturing Center, which we call the Advanced Technology Center, outside of uh, Cowan Road. So if you see the MAC, it's across the street from the MAC over there. And that's where all of our, I guess, manufacturing and technology, industrial industrial type. We have welding out there, automotive. But downtown in the Fisher Building, we have nursing, as well as our uh, sonography, our education, IT programs, um, our culinaries in the George and Francis Ball Building. So if you've been to Chesterfield's Cafe, you'll see our students working hard in in the cafe. So... We, we serve uh, the whole gamut of, of, of education. It's a great place to start. If Even if you're looking for your general studies to get finished before you go on to your four years and all that, that's a good place to start is at Ivy Tech. We're, we're really happy with, with the way things are going there. Now, do you have a facility in Henry County? or? Yes, we have okay. a site out at Henry County, and it's off of the, up the highway right behind Walmart. Okay, yes. I, I, I thought you, were, you had a footprint there as well. So all over the place, really. Mm-hmm. We serve only Delaware and Henry County in our service area. Ivy Tech as a whole has 19 campuses across the state, but our service area is Delaware and Henry County. All and right. I have to say we're the best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about you. Where'd you come from? Are you a Munsonian or are you from far away? I'm 
from Mexico, Indiana. If you've never heard of it. I have never heard of Mexico. In- I've heard of Austin, Indiana, but never Mexico. I'm from Mexico, Indiana originally. And uh, my father was uh, with Grissom Air Force Base. Okay. And so he decided that it would be really great if we grew up on some land and had some acreage. So we had about 17 acres of land and he bought three cows because he thought that we needed some responsibility. Something to do. <laughs> yes. Needless to say, steak is my favorite <laughs> meal at this point because it was not fun to take no. care of the cows. We then eventually did some other things, but... Ever um, do 4-H? With I did cows? 4-H. Oh, okay. I did photography with 4-H and I did, um, I did work with some animals of neighbors and stuff like that that needed help. But nope, I did not do the old fashioned 4-H where we <laughs> showed the cows or anything like that a lot of my friends did and but we weren't we weren't into that as much okay. but i did do the photography and cake decorating and gift wrapping were the things okay. i did back in the day so where'd you where'd you go to high school at what was so it i went to a there? small school there were only 84 students in our class okay and i think eight of them were named jennifer so if you do the math <laughs> that's a pretty weird uh statistic but we uh, is a small school and graduated with 84 kids. And then I went to Ball State University okay. um, and studied journalism. And the reason why I studied journalism is because I was a, at, at the high school. I was the editor of the yearbook and newspaper. So I really got into journalism and working with, you know, desktop publishing was just new then. Yeah. So I got to learn all that stuff. So I loved that. Now, did you make a career out of journalism then? Kind of, sort of. My... Um, my specialty was public relations. So when I left the college, I worked with Dr. Beverly Pitts. Um, okay, yeah. She was the associate provost at the time at, that I was there, and I was her student secretary. And she said, if you do some research for me with the NFL Players Association, you'll get an internship there. So I did for three or four years. I did a lot of research on um, turf toe and concussion studies and interviewed former players. And I got a job at the NFL Players Association as an intern for 10 weeks. And then it turned into about four years after that, four or five years after that. And I worked at the NFLPA in Washington, D.C. So I went from Mexico, Indiana to D.C. (laughs) So (laughs) let's not say anything about culture shock. (laughs) I bet. there. Oh, my gosh. So tell me about your career after that then. Um, I worked in D.C. for a while, did a really great, had a great stint with that, kind of got homesick. So I came to Indiana, came back to Indiana, and I worked for an engineering firm that got, that didn't do so well. Okay. Uh, so I, I started a co- working at a company called Conseco. Back then, Conseco was a consolidating um, companies, and we bought nine companies in less than two years. Oh, yeah. They gobbled up everything. Yes. And so I was there for the rise and fall of that. Um, When we bought Green Tree Financial, after uh, a few, we got to see the stock market kind of plummet a little bit. And then after that, I went to Eli Lilly for their credit union. I was their marketing person for their uh, employee credit union. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then went to Irwin Mortgage. Irwin Mortgage was the third largest lender to the uh, first time home buyer in the United States. So I got to see the really rise of the mortgage industry. And then. Oh, yeah. This is like 2080. Yes. Like it seven, was eight. wonderful. We had, <laughs> we traveled the country. We had numbers like crazy. And then it fell out of the bottom fell out. Yeah. So when the bottom fell out, uh, we got bought out by another company. But the thing that I'm most proud of is the company that I worked for, I did public relations for. So I'm still okay. in journalism, right? Yeah. The whole way. All, always in PR um, type activities. My greatest um, success story is that all the folks that we worked with, 
with the rise and fall of the mortgage industry, no one that I worked with directly was involved in anything that related in any punitive damages when wow. other companies did. Yeah. So I felt really good about the PR efforts that we did in making sure that we were serving our um, our our constituents properly because so many people got messed up in that mortgage business. So. Now, sidebar about Conseco, I was in Indianapolis in 2000, I don't know, it was four or five or six or something like that, and visited the data center uh-huh. of Conseco, and that thing was amazing back then, so I couldn't imagine um, what the whole industry is like now, but I mean, just giant rooms of servers and things backing up, and it was crazy. It was a it was an interesting environment, because at the time I was there, there were probably close to 2,500 employees just in that location alone. Wow. And I worked in variable annuities. I did marketing for variable annuities and universal life and stuff like that. So I had to learn about the stock market. So I got my Series 6 and 7 and 63 just so that I could write better, yeah. and I could understand the business better. And it, it was exciting. It was exciting. I was young, um, non-married, didn't have kids, had a nice expense account. So it was exciting business to be in um, when all that was going on. But then, you know, one bad, one bad, one bad purchase and the whole thing kind of shifted gears. It's doing well now. This, they changed the, the ownership. I think it's called uh, Washington National and okay. Banker's Life. It's still under the same type of umbrella. But. Now, did you ever dabble in the stock market? Oh, I when did. When you were for learning me, about it? About I mean. fun, yeah. I, I was in a, I was in a, a geeky little club where we did some stock training and stuff awesome. like that for fun. Yeah, it was Do you fun. do Robin Hood now or anything? No, like I don't I don't okay. do anything now. Now I'm safe. I have a family <laughs> to worry about and I make sure that I'm not doing the market timing or any of that like I used to, but it was fun. All right. So you you've gotten me to about 2012, 13. Yeah. What are you doing from there to Ivy Tech then? So I had a child and uh decided um when the mortgage industry went south, um another company came in and bought us out and I was without a position. So I uh, decided to stay home for a little while. So I I raised uh, my daughter, Emma, at the time. She was born in 2005. And then I had a son, Nicholas, who was born in 2009. And I stayed home for a little bit. But if you know me, you know I'm not great at staying home. (laughs) So I started a little photography business and I did some consulting because I worked at the NFLPA for um, an MLB charity. So I did that. And then I started adjuncting and doing all that and got in, in touch with Ivy Tech and decided to get my master's at Purdue. So while I was doing the stay-at-home mom thing, which wasn't really staying home now that I'm talking about it that way. <laughs> you were busy. I was a busy stay-at-home mom um, that I uh, I decided to get my uh, master's degree in communications. And I, I loved teaching. At, and and that with MLB, the travel was getting a little crazy with the, with the charity that I was working for. We would go to Major League Baseball parks and hand out the big checks and stuff. Oh, yeah. And that was exciting. But, you know, the kids are in school and baseball season, spring season, and all that goes long. So I thought I better start looking for a full-time position. So Ivy Tech opened up, and then here I am. And I love it. I love every minute of it. So... Well, you've had a lot of interactions with um, NFL, and I heard MLB... So famous people. Oh, who, I've got who, a, I've who got have a you, list. Uh, hobnobbed with. <laughs> well, with the NFL stuff was kind of fun. My boss was Gene Upshaw. If you know anything about sports, 
he was a big uh, Raider, a Los Angeles Raider at the time. And now he's since passed. And I've got to meet a lot of fun people, like uh, a lot of the older guys. Lou mm-hmm. Groza was one of them. He's Lou the Toe. He was a big Dick Night Train Lane, some of the really old old guys. But one of the one of the fun people I've gotten to meet as a Hoosier was Peyton Manning, his dad, okay. Archie was in the NFL Players, Retired Players Association and did some things with retired players. So I got to meet Archie. But the biggest, the bi- oh, I've met for MLB, uh, Raleigh Fingers was okay. our spokesperson. And so I've, I've had to, you know, meet, work with him a little bit and George Foster, uh, another one of the Reds and stuff like that. So it's fun. But my most, most exciting time I ever met anyone was I got to meet Bo Brady from Days of Our Lives, Peter Ruckel. <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the agents I was having dinner with, he, he said, I'm an agent for Peter Ruckel. And I went, what? And he's like, I'm like, I want to meet him. He's like, you meet all these famous NFL players <laughs> and you want to meet Bo Brady? I said, yes, I want to meet Bo Brady. So I got to meet Bo Brady and get a picture and autograph with him. And that was my most exciting uh, celebrity encounter. That's awesome. So what's next for you and Ivy Tech? Uh, What's coming down the pike? I don't know. We have so much coming down the pike. Um, We are doing such great things for this community. And uh, my love for the job is, you know, watching our students cross that, going across, getting that diploma, giving them their high fives and hugs, um, watching people succeed. It's It's truly amazing. But Ivy Tech's got a lot coming up. I mean, we we want to be that. Jeff Scott, our chancellor, says we want to be that beacon of of light for folks. So whenever they're looking for something for a change in life, that they can look at Ivy Tech and and look at that as the beginning of their new journey. So that's what we're up for. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep being that strong anchor in this institution in this community. And well, definitely over the past I don't know five or six years, it seems like uh, Jeff has built a team that's just remarkable because I see you guys at events and uh, it, there's kind of like a core group of you that uh, that do all this good work. So tell me about some of your coworkers. So our team is amazing. Um, we have, it's a family and I'm not, and, and, and with all families, you have great things and you have fun stories and all that stuff. But we have, you know, our core team, our, ex- our executive team, but we mm-hmm. also all of us are, you, you see, if you've been to our events, you see us hug everyone in the hallways. Mm-hmm. You see us, you know, genuinely care about each other's lives. Um, one of my closest colleagues, um, Emery Peck, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, I've done family photos for him and and we've, you know, spent time with our families together and stuff like that. So we know each other outside of work as well as inside of work. Um, you know, the chancellor's very much uh, have fun, work hard, the more, the harder you work, the more fun comes along. We laugh. We say that, um, I read a quote one time that said success should be measured by the laughter in the hallways. And I think if Ivy Tech was measured by that success, you would see that our students are laughing and our, our instructors are having a great time and, and they're doing good work and it's meaningful and purposeful. Very good. So what's your favorite band or artist? So I love the Zach Brown band. I've okay. followed them um, at several different venues across the country. Um, they're fun for me. But if I'm going to get really psyched up about something, I'm listening to Eminem. <laughs> for really? sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you an early bird or a night owl? It depends on the situation. I okay. work out in the mornings because uh, it's the only time I can fit it in. But if I had to choose, I would be a night owl. But by circumstance, I have to be an early bird. Now, we talked about that recently, your whole workout regime. So tell us about that. Like, 
Is that something new or have you always had a, a fitness routine? I've always had some sort of fitness routine. I was a runner, um, but with my commute, I don't want to run at night. So either yeah. in the mornings or late at night. Um, I'm best at working out at first thing in the morning. So I do CrossFit in the morning at, at a CrossFit facility that's a mile from my home. So I get up, I sleep in my clothes and I run over there and I do the CrossFit and I come home and then get the kids ready for school and out the door. So, um, but I have to do something. Yeah. I, it, I, mentally I need it. Um, physically, obviously we all need that for our heart and our health, but my mind needs it. I think more than anything, I think when I work out, that gives me the opportunity to think through problems and just really have my mind, you know, go in a place that it needs to go to, to just down, you know, to just get down. Because, uh, if you, you've seen me out and about, I'm full of energy and I'm always into something. So, uh, you got to recharge. I got to recharge. And I think exercise gives that for me. All right. Yeah. You mentioned a commute. So what do you listen to in the, in the car? Well, so currently I'm listening to, um, some podcasts. I like true crime podcasts. There's a podcast right now that I'm listening to called mystery on the Bayou. Okay. (laughs) So it's, it's actual stories about a, 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 DEA agent gone bad, basically. So I love those mysteries. Um, so that's something that I listen to on the way. What's your favorite book? My favorite book is still Jane Eyre. I love the the love story, even though it's so ancient and classic, but that's still one of my favorite books. Hillbilly Elegy, I like that because I could relate to that. I'm from a small mm-hmm. town with lots of issues and my parents are from the South and stuff. So I could relate to that book as well. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Top Gun. <laughs> really? The, yes. No, the original. The I like the new one, but the original Top Gun. Oh okay. yeah. I, I, uh, I always thought that, uh, you know, I was a military kid, so I was always around airplanes yeah, and my dad was uh, a mechanic on the KC-135 and, and all that stuff. So I was excited when all that came out and how real it was. I mean, even back when it was came out in the day, the, yeah. it was so real. So I think that's – and the storyline is great. So I, I really like the Top Gun. So I have a funny story that uh, somebody I used to work with back in the day was telling me the story when they went to see Top Gun. So right before they go in, the people coming out of the theater, somebody said, oh, man, Goose died. And so he gets into the theater, and of course, Goose comes up on the on the screen. He's like, "Oh man, that guy dies! What? <laughs> That's terrible!" <laughs> I always thought that was a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that would be that would be heartbreaking to know it before it happened. Do you sing in the shower? I do absolutely off key and everything. Zach Brown band or Eminem? I'll sing anything that. <laughs> sometimes I make up my own little ditty. I like okay. the, you know I like to I like to get out of the shower, so singing does help. Do you have a hidden talent? Do I have a hidden talent? Yeah. Now, we know you're good at photography because you take everybody's photos. <laughs> um, I don't think I have a hidden talent, but I do think that um, I think that I can make people laugh. So I think okay. sometimes I would like to be a, try to be a comedian one day or do improv one day because I, I like to you help people You ever tried it or laugh. even? No, I've never nope. even tried it. Okay. I make fun of myself most of the time and make myself laugh. So. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, for sure. Okay. Yeah. When did, uh, tell me a Star Wars story. Well, when I was a kid, my brother was way into Star Wars, and we're only 17 months apart. So uh, we always played with the little characters, and then we had one of those machines that we had the old, um, 
where Jabba the Hutt was. And oh, you could, yeah. You, you could compact them into the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had all the figurines. So I think that's the reason why I like Star Wars better is because we had all the figurines that matched. And I think I've seen every Star Wars from the beginning to, to current. Um, so I know more about Star Wars. So my quick story is we had that Death Star thing with the trash compactor that yeah. we cranked and everything. And it had like styrofoam pieces mm-hmm. for, for for that. And I, I guess I played with it. I broke it and all this kind of stuff. And uh, now it's worth like a lot of money. Like there's not a lot of them left. I saw it at the Muncie Children's, or not the Muncie, the... Uh, the Indianapolis Children's Museum, they have it behind glass. And oh, everything. wow. <laughs> we used to play that to death. Oh, yeah. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Um, my most used one would be the one with the tongue sticking out and the eyes rolling. Like, oh, I did something silly or something goofy again today. But, yeah, that I would say that's it. My children like fun of me because they say that emojis aren't, like, cool anymore. So yeah. they're like, do you really? Are you really going to put that emoji on that again? So... But, you know, I have a 19-year-old and a 13-year-old, or 18-year-old and a 13-year-old. I don't want to make her older than she is. That's right. <laughs> I, they keep me busy enough. So they, Now, is she graduating this year or has graduated? She's a senior this year, okay. and she's active. That's a big year for Yes, you. it's huge. I'll be in the fetal position at this time next year, because <laughs> hopefully she'll be in some college that we're looking at. Um, but she is heavily involved in cross-country and track right now, and I have a son that's in travel baseball. If you know anything about travel baseball, oh gosh, it's like a yeah. second job. So. I'm either yelling at, I'm running across the cross country field, like yelling times out to my daughter, or I'm yelling out at the the boy (laughs) to pitch another strike. We need a strike, buddy. (laughs) So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. We really appreciate you coming in. Well, thanks for having me. It was, it was a treat. We've talked about having barn cats here on the podcast. But you had an encounter here. (laughs) recently with one of our barn cats yes what's the, that what's that cat's name what i think did? audia calls it dip dip we yes. used to have one chip and another one named dip chip has went on a big adventure in the sky but dip is still around yes so <laughs> dip is a fully black cat yes and what okay. happened now typically i do not care about these barn cats that I don't is true care about cats in general and or animals in general and not our barn cats, especially. And just to let everybody know, we're, we're, we have four right now. We have Mama Cat, Harvey Dent, the white Tomcat, white and black Tomcat, which is the brother to Dip, the black cat. That's true. And Dip, the black cat. So we have these four cats, which are barn cats, but have also become like socialized because Audia is the cat whisperer and loves these kitties so much and whatever. So this cat is like... In the back room, which is like our laundry room area kind of thing, right? And I'm like, I never pay attention to these cats. And this cat is up in the rafters. Yes. So we've got these janky rafters up there. The cats, they love (laughs) to get up. It is a true back room. Like, I don't... I can't even describe it because no one I know has anything like this. It's just like a little addition that's not insulated. All of our junk goes back there. Our washer and dryer is there. And apparently now our cats have taken it over as their home too. So it's exposed rafters and everything. And these cats love to get up there and just like meow, meow and mess around. One time we had uh, a cat who had, had kittens, kittens up, up there. Whatever. So these cats love these stupid rafters. So this cat is up in the rafters and is like meowing at me. Like intently meowing at me. And like I Like really talking to like, you. Like talking to me. And so I go out there. I'm like, what's the matter, Dip? What you doing? And he's like looking at me into my soul. He's got these like yellow eyes. He's a black <laughs> cat, right? He looks like a person stuck in a 
cat body or whatever, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So, like, he's looking at me, and he's meow, and, like, he's trying to tell me that he's stuck up there and he can't get down. And I am, like, (laughs) I am communing with this cat. I'm, like, Dip, you just got to get down. You got to crawl over there and get down. And he's, like, meow, and, like, keeps meowing at me. Yes. Now, you go on, do other things. I go on, I do other things. I'm switching out the laundry. I'm doing... As I'm switching out the laundry, he's like looking at me, meow, and like following me everywhere I go. I'm like, this cat from the rafters. From the rafters, <laughs> yes. I'm like, this cat is talking to me. It is talking to my soul. <laughs> and I'm like, why? I don't care about you, cat. So it keeps. I go inside. I come back out. It keeps meowing at me and looking at me. He's pleading with me, like I am stuck. So I'm like trying to show him where to go. I hold up my arms. I'm like, come here, Mr. Kitty. Come here. You can do it. And he won't do it. Finally, I go inside. I get our laundry basket. Yeah. Right. And I'm standing there. You're going to help this cat? I'm going to help this cat because it is talking to me. It is asking (laughs) me, Angie, I need your help. I am stuck up here in the rafters. Please help me. I am a poor kitty. I need your help. So I get the laundry basket. I'm standing out in the back room in my slippers with laundry basket over my head, like boombox style. What's that movie? <laughs> High fidelity. High fidelity style. With this John ba- Cusack. John Cusack. I've got this laundry basket over my head. <laughs> and I'm holding it up there by the rafters for this cat. Peter Gabriel's in your ears. Yes. It's just hanging. Like, I'm here, kitty. I'm here to save you. So I've got it up there. The cat's just looking at me like, meow. I'm like, get in the basket. Get in the basket. And I like... I like tap underneath of it so maybe it'll like think there's something in there or whatever. So he'll jump in. Won't get in. Won't get in. So I I stop. You give up. I give up. I, I go back inside. He's still meowing at me. He's looking at me now from in our window or our back yeah. door. Looking at me, meowing at me like, seriously, lady, I need help. So I take the laundry basket out there again. I do go through the whole shebang. All you over. did it twice? I did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> All the time I'm talking to him, I'm like, come on, Mr. Kitty, get down. Come on, Dip, you can do it. Now, nobody's home, right? No, you're at a gig, audience spending the night somewhere. Nobody's home. It's me and the stupid cat cat. that I don't (laughs) care about. But for whatever reason, I You cared in that moment. I cared in that moment. I decided it was speaking to me on like a cellular level, and I was going to help out this cat and do my good (laughs) deed for the day. So I try it again. He won't do it. So I'm like, all right, sorry, dude, can't help you out. I, I... you the, tried. I tried, but my limits are done, so I'm done. So I'm staying, I'm in the kitchen washing dishes. I see this stupid cat go. He like climbs through the rafters, goes, hops over this place, goes hops down, down the, the ladder, ladder, goes down the ladder, and out the door. Like he didn't <laughs> need my help at all. He knew what he was doing, and he was just messing with me. Because, I don't know why, but he was just trying to stick it to me. Maybe he was hungry and just wanted some food. Like if you had put some milk no, out there. No, yeah. I put food. No, I did it. I put food in the laundry basket when I was holding it over my head because <laughs> I thought <laughs> about that. I had I had cat food in the laundry basket above my head, tapping on it like, come here, Mr. Kitty, you're hungry. You just need to come down. No, that cat was just messing with me. Thank goodness you bartend every now and then. It, it, it may save your sanity. It might. <laughs> you got to get out more. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. We're brought to you today by our sponsor, Forbidden Fruit Tattoo and Piercing on McAlliard in Muncie. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.